Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. I'm your bitch, Kim, and it's Tuesday, motherfuckers. Welcome to a Tuesday, right? The last two episodes, what, I did on Wednesday? I know, a day late. I'm so sorry. But we're back on the Tuesdays, y'all. Yins, guys. I just said y'all and yins, guys. But you get what I'm saying. Yay, it's going to be fun. So I hope yins, guys, had a great kick-ass weekend. What did I end up doing? I didn't really do much. I took a walk with my dog. And you know what? Here's the funny thing. I got my dog in in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, right? So he's used to like super big fields and all this shit. And then when I was at my parents' house in the suburbs, they had a yard and everything, or they have a yard. And uh, he was out and about in the yard. So then he comes to Chicago and I'm trying to take him on a walk. And he is so preoccupied by all of the new sounds, all of the people, all of the bicycles that he's super terrified of. So mommy's got some work ahead of her. You know what I mean? Like I know that he's having a hard time and I don't know what to do. If someone wants to reach out to me and let me know what I'm doing wrong, I'm open for suggestions because I just want his transition to be as smooth as possible. I do have to say his barking is a lot better. And the nice thing is I ended up getting one of those cameras, like those swirly cameras that you put in your house and shit. I got one of those and I put it in my room. So whenever I leave, which I honestly don't really do that in the first place because I'm like, freak the fuck out. There's like shit going on and I'm scared. I'm really venting to you guys and pouring out my soul. So it's very cathartic for me right now. So I'm just going to keep on going. So I bought that camera and whenever I'm out, which doesn't really happen often, like I said before, I am able to go on my phone and just check on him because I put him in the crate just because I want him to feel safe and secure. So that was basically my weekend. And I do have to say there was a lot of shit going on as far as the Bravo stuff. I mean, Beverly Hills, holy fucking shit. This whole thing with Erica is just, it's mind blowing. And I want to know if we're ever, ever going to find out the truth within basically until the end of the year. I really want to know how long are they going to drag this out? Also too, so someone put on their Instagram that I guess Mary Cosby's husband, which is like her, what is it? I forget, but like it, it was almost an incestuous type of thing, right? So she married her stepdad. That's what it is. Come on the fuck on, Kim. I saw that Mary Cosby's husband is Bill Cosby's brother. And then someone told me that it was fake. But then someone else told me it was real. So what the fuck is it? Is it fake? Is it real? Like, I need to know. That is crazy. I need everything. I need the knowledge. Yes, please. Oh, my God. So that was intense. Not only that, Holy shit, Real Housewives of Potomac, we are going to get into that. Roni, everyone's sick and tired of it. You know what? At this point, I think people would be okay without a reunion just because this season has been so out of left field, uh, to, to say the least. And I think we all agree with that. It is not the Housewives that we are used to. And Ramona's off the handle and we're sick of it. But Shaws of Sunset, holy shit. Reunion part one. I lived for it. It was everything. Holy fuck. 
Mike and Paulina are engaged. This is a quick what the Bravo moment. So Mike and Paulina are engaged. Holy shit. Uh, wasn't it funny whenever Andy at the beginning was like talking to Paulina, he met her and he's like, ooh, maybe we'll have an engagement by the end of the night. And she had this smile. Oh my God, producers, way to go. You got us again. Yins guys are great. Furthermore on that, this killed me in the episode. It, oh, I wanted to like jump and like strangle Mike. It was just like, why are you doing this to me? Of course, I would never do that. But when Andy said, if it was up to you, Mike, and Paulina said, it's me or the show, what would you choose? Oh, my fucking goodness. Mike took way too long to answer that question. It made me cringe inside. Like, I think I might have lost a bone or two in my skeletal system and all that kind of shit. I could not deal with it. I was like, how could you just take so much time? You even saw the rest of the girls go like, what the fuck? And then, of course, he says, oh, I'd go with Paulina. Would you, bitch? Would you? And yes, I'm like, Gigi, I I was calling, well, not Paulina a bitch but Mike I'm calling you a bitch like seriously would you go with Paulina I don't think you would I don't think you would and for the fact of the matter that he did this slip up he said yes I fucked up I'm gonna try to be better and I'm gonna try to stop and then he said well I did stop what dude you need to check yourself History repeats itself over and over with you. We, oh, it's insane. It's intense, but I loved every single second of it. I cannot wait for the rest of the reunion. Reza looks so motherfucking good. He looks so good. MJ, the whole hairstyle nowadays with the long hair and the shit in it, like the rope or the ribbon or whatever, I'm not into it, but I can see the artistic work behind it. But the whole slicked back, tight bun, tight ponytail, I, I, I just, I'm not into it. I, you know, call me an asshole, but I guess I'm an asshole. I just don't like it. So the other What the Bravo news, which happened last week, but I just want to touch base. Dallas is no longer recording Real Housewives of Dallas. Uh, damn, I'm so sad. I'm really not. Yin's guys know that I wasn't really a fan of the show anyways. I tried to give it my all with it. Uh, my Mariah Carey, my all. But it just didn't work for me. And I'm not shocked that they're not filming because they're a weak Housewives franchise to me. They always have been. Even with Leanne Locken or whatever the hell her name. I think it's Leanne Locken. Even with her, I think it was a weaker franchise like Miami. I'm still trying to figure out why they're trying to bring that back. But that's just me. So that was my quick what the Bravo news. Shaws of Sunset. Holy fuck. I still wish they had a family karma reunion. Uh, Andy Cohen, Bravo people, hear me out, please. Now let's go to the shit show of an episode of Roni, where we continue. That is my dog barking. I'm so sorry. We continue with Ebony's Black Shabbat celebration. Or is it really? Because it was a shit show. So we continue with... The shit show at Archie's house. Of course, it was supposed to be fun. It was supposed to be enlightening and just people coming together and discussing shit, okay? But no, of course that doesn't happen. Why? Because Ramona Singer was in attendance. She doesn't get it. And because of that, Sonia goes fucking ballistic. She's, she, she, you know what she does? She gets into the Morgan letters, okay? She is going back to the Morgan 
years. She's flipping the fuck out. She's telling Ramona that she needs to find a purpose and all this kind of shit. Obviously, Ebony is frustrated through all of this shit. And quite frankly, I was too. And so was the rest of the viewers, I would assume. Then Ramona comes back to the table after she excuses herself for a little bit. Then she tells everyone, I was just, I was just hangry. I, I'm so sorry. I was just really hangry. Fuck you, bitch. No, you weren't. You were just being an asshole. An ignorant asshole. Ugh, you're an asshole. From uh, Gina from Real Housewives of Orange County. You know what? I wouldn't be shocked, too, if they stopped filming that show. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Super excited, by the way, about Salt Lake City. That shit's going to be on fire September 12th. Now, Leah's on the phone with Ebony, right? This is, we saw it at the very last part of the episode last time. And they're talking about... How Ramona really just has a low IQ. It was a nice shade from Leah to Ramona, but I don't know if she's that far off. So with that, Ramona is then trying to make up for her stupid antics with the staff there that are preparing the food and all that shit. And it's almost like she's trying to save face for her bad behavior, essentially, by eating the dinner and just trying to be like, oh my God, like, oh yeah, I I use carrots and all this stuff. Made no sense. Luann comes in to check on Ramona. And she's ready to leave, essentially, at this point. And then Luann's like, no, we, we don't, we're not even at dinner yet. We still have to bless the bread. And then Ramona's like, oh, my God, like, that's, I've been here for, like, four hours. Deal with it, bitch. Oh, my God, you agreed to go there. Deal with it. Talk to people. Be cool. Don't be all uncool. We go back to the dinner table. And Ebony said there, she's like, I don't even understand what's going on. This wasn't even supposed to be about black people. It's about people coming together and talking about human values that we all have. Ramona, for some odd reason, missed that memo because, as Leah said, I think she might have a lower IQ. And you know what? That's not... I think we're just sick and tired of Ramona's antics about being an asshole. I I don't know. I feel like I say that every single episode, that it's just Ramona needs to be better. She doesn't want to do the work. We've been hearing that shit forever. I'm looking at my notes. I know eventually sometime I say during this whole spiel that she's acting like a Jax Taylor. Can we not agree? I mean, let's recall when Jax does the reunions of Vanderpump Rules. He's always like, oh, I'm a work in progress. No, you're not, man. You're like 40-some years old. You are who you are. Ariana said it is a pattern. This is who you are. Ramona is the same thing. She's always like, I'm trying to be better. I'm so like a working. No, you're not, Ramona. You are who you are. And you have some shitty ass qualities, which I guess we all do. But like yours are pretty, pretty, pretty shitty. And they're unacceptable at this point. You should know better. This is weird because I'm hearing like someone's tapping on a wall right now and it's kind of annoying. So we're just going to have to get through this, people. This is what happens when you have neighbors in an apartment. You know, I didn't have that shit when I was at my parents' place. I just had the dogs barking. So I guess you got to, you know, tomato, tomato, you got to deal with whatever's dealt to you. So with that said, Ramona comes back to the table. And again, as I said, she said that she was hangry. She had a meltdown. And then you got Sonia taken to the tipper, as Dorinda would say. Totally miss her. And then... People are concerned, Luann and Ramona, just because they're like, wow, she's drinking all this tequila. She has an empty stomach. She didn't really eat that much. So then we see how she spirals and all that kind of shit. 
Ebony continues to say that Black Shabbat is supposed to be the bond and opportunity about the culture of Black Jews, and she wants to share a unique experience with these women because they have no fucking idea. Let's just be real. Now, the thing is, I don't like the fact that Ebony is almost, I don't want to say the word enable, but She's being so gracious toward Ramona and her actions, and I really don't think that she needs to be because, I don't know, I, it's hard to explain. I think Ebony should be like, dude, what the fuck? You're an asshole. Like, fuck you. And this is why Ebony is such a classy motherfucking woman. She doesn't do that. And... I think she tries to make Ramona feel comfortable because clearly we can see Ramona is super uncomfortable. But I hate the fact that it's, I mean, it's not really, it's not Ebony's job to do that. But maybe she feels that way. I have no idea. But Ramona's just being a piece of poo. She just is. Now, we're getting to the questions. I guess Ebony put this set of questions for each person there uh, during Shabbat. And who started? Sonia. Her question was, what makes her heartbeat? And then she goes on by saying that it's her one-on-one relationships, dealing with her philanthropy and all that kind of stuff. But it's funny because she keeps on talking and talking and talking. Who knows how long she was talking about whoever. I I, I don't know. It, it got lost a little bit for me. But then <laughs> Ramona said that she had diarrhea of the mouth and... After she said that, Sonia flipped the fuck out on her and said, You're a jealous bitch! Shut up, jealous bitch! Find a purpose! Morgan letters! All that kind of shit. And then after that, Sonia starts to cry to Luann that Ramona isn't doing the work. This is whenever the ladies go aside, just the two of them. And she's like, Ramona's not doing any of the work and not feeling other people's pain. Which is a thousand percent true. (sighs) Then Ebony's trying to move on to salvage the event that she wanted to be nice and memorable for good reasons, not for the reasons that we're seeing play on screen. So (laughs) she says, this is great. Loved it. She's like, okay, I want to move on. Like time out on the white people tonight. LOL. Love that. Thank you, Ebony. That was hilarious. I enjoyed that. And then Ramona, of course she would say this. She's like, well, you know what? I'm white and black. I mean, look at me. And then everyone's laughing. Ha 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 ha. Because she has a zebra print dress. But Ramona, come on. I... Like, she does that kind of shit. She says, like, really crass, disgusting things. And then she tries to make up the shitty-ass behavior that she does. I don't know. It's just, uh, It, like, comes into my soul in such a bad way. I'm just, I'm over it at this point. So then we have Ebony's friends, Lenara, Dion, and Brian. They are about to tell certain, I mean, we only heard from Lenara. So she was trying to share her experience. The question that she got was, when did she feel that her life was the most meaningful? So she's sharing her experience and she tells the ladies and Brian, because he was the only gentleman there, that she gave birth to a 29-week-old baby. Like, shit, that's damn. And then she said that her and her son almost died and that she had a horrible, horrible medical uh, experience. And she said it was because that she was black. Now, she expressed that she has fibroids. And I honestly, I don't know what fibroids are. I'd have to look that shit up. I know nothing about the anatomy or medical anything because 
just freaks me the fuck out. But anyways, so Lenara has fibroids and I guess one was degenerating. And I guess the people that were, you know, taking care of her did not believe what she was saying and didn't believe that she was in as much pain as she was. And then they just automatically assumed that she was on drugs and was trying to put her baby in danger. Like, holy fuck, that's intense. I don't even know how I would deal with that if I was her. But just hearing that story is disgusting. And of course, you think that people would be... Well, I would say mostly everyone was listening and being empathetic and like just hearing her story, right? Because it was her time to answer the fucking question that she got. But what happens? Ramona comes in and then she's like, well, well, what would happen if it was a white woman? And then Lenara told the truth and she said if it was a white woman statistically, and this was in an article that she found somewhere, she said, statistically, white women would get the treatment that they needed before complications would start to occur. But she didn't experience that. So Ramona then, ugh, this killed me. This killed me. I I don't even know how they kept filming after this. Ramona said, again, made it about her, brought it back to her because everything in her fucking world is about her. Like the fuck. It's just crazy. I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. But she made it about her. And then she said, well, you know what? When I was pregnant with Avery, my nurse, she was black and she she didn't believe in my pain that I had. And, and I was in, in labor with Avery and like she didn't she didn't even believe me. <sighs> Ramona, shut the fuck up. No words. There's no words. And... With that, then Ebony says that Ramona's questioning seems a little bit adversary. And I agree with that. You know what I mean? Like she she's trying to basically have Ramona have a little bit of etiquette at this point. And Ramona's not doing it. But she also doesn't think that Ramona is really the way that she perceives herself to other people. I guess maybe this season or like ever. (sighs) I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm, I'm kind of over it at this point. So, of course, after Ramona eats her dinner without everyone else because she goes into the other room, she eats and she leaves. She's one of those. She's an eat and runner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her excuse was that she was gone for about four hours and she hasn't been home. She needs to get home. You know what? She is not the Ramona singer-stinger. She is Ramona singer the excusinator. She's the excusinator. That's what I have to say. But the one thing that she wanted to share with everyone before she left, her question that she got for the Black Shabbat dinner was, what would you change about yourself? She says, I want to change being not as unfiltered as I am. You know, I want to be better at that. But like I said before, people, she's a Jax Taylor, but 20 plus years I don't know. Is she 20 plus years older than him? Is she 60 or something? I don't even know. But she's 20 some years older than him. She's a Jax Taylor. She is in a different way. And it's still disgusting. So after that whole shitty ass evening, Luann goes to Ramona's place to talk about the night before. And then Ramona's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was like so crazy. And I think Luann wanted to talk about Ramona's behavior but Ramona kind of talks about Sonia's behavior and she's deflecting the whole fucking time Luann's like hey you were kind of rude that wasn't that wasn't cool and you know with her saying that she wants to be a little bit more self-aware or no 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 no, that's not what happened 
Ebony said something the night before that she was appreciative that Ramona was self-aware of her unfilteredness. I don't know if that's a word, but it's fun. I don't think she is self-aware because she was trying to deflect that whole conversation with Luann the next day, trying to make it about Sonia when Luann was trying to be there to say, Ramona, you fucked up. You need to just shut up and listen when people are talking. It's not always about you. But she didn't do that. I do have to say, though, I do know that Ramona and Luann are very concerned about Sonia with what is she doing and where is she going and all that kind of shit. I get it. And then we go back to Ramona saying, oh, well, I acted the way that I did because I was so hungry and like I drank a lot and, 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 and all this stuff. And then Luann's like, that's not a fucking excuse. You had like a whole fucking dinner like you ate. OK, I didn't see you drink that much. This is crazy. And oh, I don't know if Yin's guys noticed, but Luann said in her confessional, she said that Ramona makes so many excuses to excuse herself typically from Ebony's parties. Hashtag truth. And I don't know if Yin's guys caught that, but I thought that was important to mention to add more to Ramona's whole character, I guess you could say. But I still don't think the network's going to get rid of her. I really don't. I think they're going to keep her because, I don't know, she just causes so much shit. Good, bad, ugly, all this stuff. I I don't think that she's going to get rid of her. I don't. And I just want to make a special note. I always love when they record Roni during the Christmas season. Ugh, but it so makes me miss Dorinda. I need Dorinda back. I want to make it nice. Ugh, I just so miss her. I really do. I need to buy her book too, by the way. So we go to Sonia's townhouse and Ebony comes on over to hang. Sonia then apologizes about her outburst to Ramona at Archie's house, at Wachi's house. And Sonia says that she doesn't want Ramona to walk all over her. She's over it. And Ebony wants her to stick up for herself, but she wants her to control the narrative, but she wants to do it privately, maybe go out to lunch or dinner or anything like that. Don't do it in a group outing like she did the other night and she just sort of snapped. We don't want that. Ebony wants to meet in the middle, (laughs) which I totally understand. And then Ebony made sure to say, hey, you know, Sonia, did you know that you peed in Archie's driveway? And of course they got footage of that shit. Damn, it's like she's peeing in the cornfields all over again. Or did she take a shit? I can't even remember. But it was there. It was epic. That's a Sonia moment. It's a Sonia-ism. And I appreciated that. If I was Archie and I saw someone pee in my driveway, I don't know if I'd love it. And I definitely don't know if I'd ask her to come back to my house for a Shabbat dinner. (laughs) So then we go to Luann hosting a little get-together for the Fortune Society ladies uh, that she's involved with that charity or whatever. I think it's a charity, isn't it? So she's there. The ladies meet up with her. Ramona and Ebony also attend. (sighs) Anytime Ramona goes anywhere at this point, you're always like, holy fuck, get ready. So the ladies are talking about Sonia's reactions during Black Shabbat before the other ladies get there. Ramona says that she sent her a text and said basically, you know, Sonia, you were so mean to me. Like, I don't understand why you did that. And then we find out that Sonia never texted back. Uh, yeah, bitch, probably because you are not a good person. (laughs) Then what happens? The ladies of the Fortune Society come in 
and they are sharing their stories with how they ended up there. And I guess it was, I guess it's like a shelter from what I'm understanding. But we hear from this young lady, Christina, and she says that she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And she was charged with conspiracy because someone got shot. And I don't know if she knew about it, but she heard about it or something like that. And she was basically saying that our system is fucked up. I think we all know that. That the system is fucked up with her court date. And I guess on the file it said like 20, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90. So basically until the end of time was when her court date was going to be in that year. So someone screwed up and she was just basically a sitting duck. You know, she had nowhere, like she couldn't do anything. And, you know, that's, I guess that's the system. And I would be frustrated as fuck. That made me angry and it made me feel so bad for her because she literally, she had a bad roll of the dice, if you will. And because of that, she said that she ended up settling for three months in prison. No, I'm sorry, not three months, three years of prison. So she pleaded guilty, but she didn't even do anything. That's so messed up to me. And I was just like, damn, that is a story worth to be heard. And then, of course, what happens? What happens? Ramona turns the attention away from her to make it about herself. And especially she did that after another lady. I forget her fucking name. I can't remember off the top of my head. But she shared how she had a lot of blackouts and that she did some crazy shit that she doesn't really remember Luann, it hit home for her because, you know, as we heard from her, that she kind of went into another space whenever she got arrested and all that kind of shit. So she understood. Then Ramona never understands anything. So it's all about her. And then she was like, well, what do you do if you have a friend who's like super destructive? She was basically talking about Sonia. And I'm just like, Ramona, you have these two women telling their stories and you're not even acknowledging. It's just selfish wrong yeah moving on from that I thought this was kind of weird conversation goes to like where Ebony says that her and Ramona are very similar and they're the same person Ramona's then agreeing Luann's like what the fuck I'm Luann I'm with you I'm like what the fuck and then apparently Ramona says that Luann doesn't have the mind depth to really understand bitch I can't I can't So after that whole evening, we go to Leah's apartment. Uh, She's finally done with her quarantining and Rob comes to drop off Kier. And basically they're talking about Kier's upcoming high school education, I would assume, Uh, applying to private schools or public schools. And Rob is just saying the shit that everyone in the world is saying in America. Why are we spending 60K for a private school when these are like college prices. But I do have to say, Rob, some of the colleges are up higher than that, which is crazy as fuck. Student debt loan is a huge thing. I'm in it. Eight bajillion other people are in it, I'm sure. Ugh, I don't even want to think about it. Anyways, so that's over. And then we end the episode. Oh, this was such a nice moment. We end the episode at Ebony's place. Her friend Natalie comes over and... She's there as an emotional support system because the genetic investigator is coming back to see if she has found a match of Ebony's family member, potential father, all that kind of stuff. We find out not only did she find a match for her father, she found three different candidates. And guess what? They are all 
blood-related brothers. That is amazing. So much to take in, I'm sure. And I just really appreciated that Ebony shared that moment on camera. I mean, it's such a personal, raw experience that I'm sure not a lot of people would be comfortable sharing. But like, I think that I don't know. It just, it just, it, it hit me in a way where I was just like, wow, you know, you, Ebony, are like the quintessential woman to me. Like, she just embodies everything with grace. It was just such a beautiful moment. And I'm really appreciative that she showed that on camera. I just thought it was, it was very beautiful. I also appreciated that we saw the urn of her grandmother. It was just a nice way to close the chapter for the viewers since we, learned a lot about her whenever Ebony came on the show. So not only did the genetic investigator kind of pinpoint this one particular gentleman as her father, but we also find out that she has two sisters. And Ebony was just there super, super excited, happy, but also taking it in. It's a lot of emotion, and we saw that, and that was definitely a real moment. And that's how the episode ended. I mean, it was definitely a roller coaster of an episode. I'm interested to see. I'm I'm honestly interested to see if we're going to have a reunion because there are so many people that are just like, fuck Roni right now. And it's just, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. Now with Potomac, ugh, who would have thought that there was so much to do in Williamsburg? Who would have thought that there would be so much chaos so much emotion in Williamsburg, Virginia, honey. Well, I never would have thought of it, but let me tell you this. Our real housewives of Potomac, they don't play. They are in it. They are winning it. And I am eating the popcorn and enjoying every single second. Let's get to Potomac. Williamsburg, day two, honey. We start with breakfast. This is before water aerobics with instructor Giselle word on the street, honey. <sighs> Mia told Giselle that Karen was so upset that Giselle called her a troll the night before. Was she really? I don't I don't have a playback for that, producers. They didn't give us a playback. So I don't know if I fully am on board. I'm on the on the bus with Mia. I don't know if I buy that. But that's what she said, Karen. That's what she said, Karen said. Now, with that, it's also weird to see Wendy and Karen have this Candace and Karen type of relationship that that Candace had with her whenever she came on the damn show. It's like this mother-daughter type of shit. And even Giselle says it in the episode. It's kind of freaking me out. We all know that it's not going to last, but... I don't know. Karen just has that effect on some of the newbies. It's just like she comes in there and she's like, "Mm, let me see these girls. Let me let me see what I can do with them. Let me see if I can manipulate them in some way. And then they're going to be on my team. That's what I feel like she does. Also, by the way, she was amazing. I loved seeing her in Bravo chat room with Giselle. I'm sure Portia was like, holy fuck, I'm in the middle of it. I'm kind of loving it, but I'm kind of scared. Like, what's going to happen? Are we going to have to end the show early because these two bitches aren't going to get along? Oh, it was great. So during the breakfast, Giselle wants to take Robin aside to talk. Everyone thinks that they're going to be talking about shit about Wendy or Karen or whoever, but that's not the case. 
Giselle took Robin aside to basically give her some tough love and be like, Robin, what the fuck, man? Why, why are you sleeping until noon? You're having your fine-ass husband saying that he's unattracted to you. Wake the fuck up, girl. You know what? She was giving her tough love, but you know what? That is her being a true friend to Robin. I really did appreciate that. We hear Robin say that she doesn't see in herself what other people see. And you know what? I think that's really common for a lot of people. So I think that was a really relatable moment for, I mean, me in particular, because I feel the same way at times. But I feel like that's part of the reason why Robin is on the show. I mean, everyone says that she's boring and all this kind of shit. I don't think so. Fuck you, whoever thinks that she is. (laughs) But I think she's really relatable. And I think for her opening up like that, I think that was a really relatable uh, moment that we saw. Not only that... She's scared of what she could be, I guess, meaning successful, like super successful. That's that's what I got from it. And Giselle's like, I don't understand why. And then she said, basically, you know, I'm scared to get up to the top and it's all there. And then I could just fall down harder. And she's just referring to the past because when we first met her, that was the time whenever her home was foreclosed because her ex-friend asshole people invested their money in certain ways they were stealing their money and then they had nothing so she's afraid of that and you know what if I were her and I went through that experience I totally would do the same thing I would feel the same exact way so she's really hesitant and she does say that she wants to seek help in some kind whether it's a life coach or whatever because she knows that something's a little off And Giselle's like, you got to focus on your brand with your hats and all this shit. Like, we got to get you out there. And she's like, well, you know, there are places that have reached out to me and they want my hats in their stores. Giselle's like, who? And then she's like, Macy's. What? And TJ Maxx. What? Robin, you got to answer those calls, honey. You got to say yes. Say yes. I don't know why she's saying no. That kind of made me confused. But Robin, you got to get more help. You got to stop asking your boys to help you gotta hire a team and you gotta capitalize more on those hats honey and your sweats I know you do sweats and I know you do lip stuff and then I know you do masks I'm just thinking because I was just on the website the other day so after that water aerobics come up I don't know I I I wanted to sound like waves obviously that didn't sound Oh my God, I'm an idiot. Okay, so instructor Giselle with the water aerobics. I'm sad that she didn't play any music with this. What the fuck? So all of them participate except for Karen and Mia. It was awesome that Karen's like, I don't trust Giselle with my life. Do you think I'm going to let her instruct me on how to do water aerobics? (sighs) That was nice. I enjoyed that. Then during this whole exercise, Ashley shows up. She is sharing that she encapsulated her placenta that's kind of gross I mean it looked gross from what they showed us but apparently it's working she says that she feels great the whole postpartum thing isn't really happening so you know what you do you boo if it's working do it it looks gross but you know in the future if I need to do it and it's gonna make me feel good I'll probably do it too so as Ashley is settling down she sits next to Karen and Karen is basically saying oh, you know, I've been the target of Giselle's aggression this weekend. So, of course, Ashley wants the tea. She wants to know more about it and was like, Karen, can't you just call it a truce at this point? I mean, you guys have been doing this for years. 
And then I guess Karen says that Giselle needs to take ownership to her kids with the whole Ray six feet under. As I said before, I'm pretty sure, Karen, the kids weren't as affected by it as you think that they were because, what, they were probably in their 20s when this happened or 18, 16. They were like, they were not five years old or something. Like, I I don't know. I, I, I think Karen's reaching. She's reaching to me. So she's a reacher, baby. She also goes to say that Giselle, it's crazy because she's she's attacking everyone. She was attacking Candace. Then she was going after Robin. And now she's going after Wendy. Well, you know, tell me when she was going after Robin. I'd like to see that. Now, if that was just because she was saying something about Juan and like, girl, you got to get up out of bed. That's not going after her. That's telling her, Robin, wake up. I care about you. Like, Let's get together. Let's get this shit on the road so you can feel good and get back to normal life and feel good. That wasn't being aggressive, Karen. That wasn't coming after Robin, Karen. You need to check your definitions. Mia comes in and says, you know, I do believe that Giselle should have taken you aside, Karen, to address all of this stuff, even though she didn't. Mia is definitely a flip-flopper that I've noticed since she's been on here. Who else is a flip-flopper? Someone else is a flip-flopper, but not from this franchise. Is it Sonia? I I can't remember. There, There is definitely another housewife that is, I almost want to say something in Orange County, but I can't really, like, it's not Shannon. I don't think it's Shannon. I don't know. I'd have to think on that, but I definitely know that there's another, like, housewife that you really are like, wow, you're a fucking flip-flopper. I cannot deal with you. So now the water aerobics is over, and Giselle and Ashley are having their little girl time. She's showing around the place, and then they end up in, I don't know, Giselle's room, I would assume, and then they're just talking. Ashley's telling her, you know, I was talking to Kern, and uh, Yin's guys are relentless at this point. And then Giselle was like, wait, Karen told you that I was attacking everyone? Like, what the fuck is this? I was attacking everyone's life? Like, what? Tell me more, Ashley. And then as they're talking, Giselle is just basically explaining to Ashley, she's like, look, I'm just saying that Wendy is a completely different person from last year, okay? And Ashley's agreeing here, and she's like, yeah, you know, she was really pushing her professor title last year, and four degrees and all this kind of stuff and now she's like booty popping and she's pushing her titties down everyone's throats like this is odd to us the behavior is different now I know a lot of people on social media are kind of like yeah leave her the fuck alone yes I get it but they're true they're telling the truth Wendy is completely different than what she was last year I'm not saying that's a bad thing it's just different and it's I'm curious about it you know like who is Wendy Like, I don't know who she is. So I think we're trying to figure out Wendy's true self. But maybe she's trying to figure it out, too. And we're just going on that journey with her. But it's a little jarring right now. It's a little jarring because it was so flipped so quickly. (laughs) I thought this was funny because Ashley told Giselle that Wendy cried in Kern's arms. Because of what Giselle said about substance. However, if we recall, Giselle didn't say the substance thing. I'm pretty sure Robin did. But she's going after Giselle. But, you know, we'll get there because Robin and Wendy have their thing too. And I'm like, damn, don't be going after Robin. Shit. 
Giselle's continuing to say to Ashley, you know what, I feel like these online blogs and shit about Eddie and cheating and all that shit is kind of driving her to be this like sexy, you know, show my titties, ass hanging out type of thing. She feels like she's overcompensating for that because of all that shit. So I don't think she's off. I really don't. I kind of, as I said before, I'm a Giselle fan and I'm a Robin fan, so I'm I'm probably going to be more on their side than any other people's side on the show. So that's my own thing. That's the thing that I need to do. <laughs> so Ashley thinks it's just going to be a good idea that her and Giselle can approach Wendy about this blog thing because as we've seen in the past, Giselle and Ashley have been in the blogs about Jamal and about Michael. So they're like, you know, she can relate with us because of these false stories. However, I think a lot of those stories about Michael and Jamal were probably true because I don't, I don't really like those two guys. So we're fast forwarding to lunch. I do have to say this episode had a very Southern charm vibe to it with the ladies driving their golf carts to their, uh, you know, dinner plans and all that shit. So I did see that. I, I enjoyed that. I wonder when that's coming out again. So as they're eating, Ashley wants to check in. She's like, oh, what did I miss? Did you guys, you know, I heard some stuff happen last night. What happened? There's a disconnect to me about everything. I'm hearing this person and then this person. I just want to know what's up. But before everyone is talking, Giselle just looks at Wendy and says, Wendy, are we good? Ooh. And then we find out, no. They're not good. Nope, nope, nope. Wendy brings up the substance thing again. She was really triggered with that word. Giselle apologizes. Wendy doesn't think it's an apology. Uh, She feels like it would have been a real apology if Giselle would have taken her aside one-on-one. I'd say that's questionable in my opinion. But that's how she felt. So I I gotta respect the way that she felt. Now with that... Wendy said something like Karen poured into me when I was crying on her shoulder the night before. Weird moment. Uh, It was just a weird moment with the way that she said it. I love the fact that the producers got Ashley's face whenever she, whenever Wendy said poured, Karen poured, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe Karen said it about Wendy. I don't know. One of the women said it. And then Ashley's face was just like, what the fuck? It was like an awkward, I want to laugh, this is crazy type of face. And I was all here for it. (laughs) But then Ashley says, oh, that was so beautiful. But I think in her mind, she's like, this is fucking weird. So Robin then meets up with the girls because she had to do some stuff with her um, embellished thing. And uh, Giselle updates her with what she missed. Mia, the flip-flopper, chimes in and says that she co-signed with Wendy about the substance comment and how Giselle handled that. But then she comes to Giselle's defense and says, you know, if I do see women wear more revealing clothing than they usually do, I do want to check in. So to G's defense, I'm going to say G at this point because Giselle, it's like, I'm talking a lot. You know what I mean, yins, guys? I'm just going to say G right now. So she's talking about her, and she's like, yeah, I'm on G's defense. I'm actually just going to say Giselle. I sound like an idiot. So with that said, 
Wendy isn't having any of this. She doesn't want to hear anyone's thoughts. And I don't know. That's a little unfair. I think the ladies are just saying that your behavior is different. Why are you being so defensive? But I understand where Wendy's coming from. So how do we fucking... How do we resolve the issue? Well, honey, it's the Real Housewives of Potomac on Bravo TV. And we know that's just not going to get resolved. It's just going to keep on going season after season. And this is why we're here. I did appreciate the fact that Giselle brought up when she was talking to Wendy. She's like, you know what? You talk to us like you're talking to people at CNN. And we're not we're not those people. We're just girlfriends trying to talk. And this was so rude. This pissed me the fuck off. And I was just like, Wendy, who are you? Okay. She's looking at her phone when Giselle is saying that. And then she's like, Giselle says, okay, you know what? I'm done. Like, you're not even going to hear me. And then Wendy's like, no, I was checking my phone because CNN, I was supposed to be with them tomorrow. Wendy, seriously? Like, that pissed me the fuck off. I did not appreciate that. That made me really angry. And that made me really, at this point, that didn't make me respect you. You know, I, I'm, I'm losing a little respect for you at this point because you couldn't even you couldn't even handle what Giselle was saying. And even Giselle said that she's like, you know what, I'm going to leave Wendy alone. I'm just going to talk to her about her mind because she can't handle anything else. And I think Giselle's kind of right. After Mia said something about Wendy's clothing, Wendy is on the defense. You know what, though? I would be, too. So I get it. She said, you know what, Mia, I never came after you with your past about being a stripper and all this shit. Oh, my God, this was funny. (laughs) And Mia was like, it wasn't a strip club. It was like a five-star restaurant. They served steak and lobster, and they were entertainers. What? Cute women's faces. They're all like, "Ah, this is crazy, fucking false. I love it. This is funny. And then Candace has her confessional. Holy shit, this was like the best shade ever. She says, girl, you were a stripper with your big old feet then cue the producers getting an image a blurred image of Mia's foot oh my god that was gold honey Oscar nominated yes 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 Emmy you get what I'm saying I loved it oh I thought it was so good I also feel like because Wendy is constantly defending herself that's suspect to me that's suspect that makes me feel like there is something going on that you're trying to cover up and that's why you're being so defensive about everything if there really wasn't a problem you'd be responding the way that Robin did at the very end of the episode when you were coming after her that she doesn't have a relationship with Juan <sighs> we'll get there oh that made me mad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but apparently to Wendy Robin is hella judgmental <laughs> okay bitch okay now Good shade from Candace. Again, Candace is doing, she's doing a good job with me so far. I'm, I'm not hating her like I did last uh, last year. But I don't, I still don't follow her, okay? I'm just saying. And you know what? I still don't hate her voice. I still think she needs to get rid of the auto-tune shit. But as I said, I'm not hating her. Now, <laughs> Candace says, Giselle needs to be sentenced to life in prison with her fashion. She needs to go in prison, under the jail, with her fashion choices. Now, we all know Giselle's clothing is a little questionable as far as taste and admiration goes. I do appreciate the fact that Candace is kind of reminding me of Ashley Darby at the very beginning of the show. She's being messy, but she's being funny, and I'm here for it. So, Candace, keep bringing it. Just keep bringing it. Just don't do it on the social media like you did with Monique last year because that shit was fucked up. 
So then we go to the estates to do some in-home whiskey tasting, honey. Now, Robin, she doesn't even do the tasting, honey. No, she doesn't. She takes the straight shots, okay, without the description of what the fuck she was drinking. You know what? This is why I fucks with Robin. This is why I fucks with her. She is just living her best life. She's having a good time. She's probably over all this bullshit that she keeps hearing about, and she just wants to get on and just have a good time. Thank you, Robin. I love you. You're my fave. I'm also trying to find that damn coat that she wore to that crazy outdoor workout that you did during the winter. I found it. Of course, it's all sold out. But I love that jacket. Aloe yoga, apparently. So as this is happening, Ashley wants Wendy to come outside with her to talk. And then Wendy's like, oh, my God, what do you want? Obviously, she doesn't talk. That was very Mary Poppins of me. That was interesting. So Ashley's trying to address this whole thing with the blog. She feels like it's going to bring them closer. Ashley, honey, wishful thinking. Now, this probably wasn't good. This was her stirring the pot a little bit. So old school Ashley Darby is kind of coming back and I like it. She says, you know, well, Giselle told me about this blog about Eddie cheating on you and I just wanted to approach you. And then, you know, it's a fabricated thing. And Wendy says, it's a lie and basically talks down to her and says, you know what? Thank you for bringing it up to me. I hate when she talks like that. It pisses me off. It makes me feel like she's looking at you like you were less than her. And that pisses me off. That's all I have to say. Now, with that, Wendy gets all crazy. She goes back inside. She doesn't want to deal with it. And then all of a sudden, people are twerking. And then this is an opportunity. She's like, you know what? Since we're twerking here, let me just address the situation here. Now, Giselle, why would you go and and, and tell this to Ashley? Why wouldn't you bring this shit up to myself? She also calls Giselle the spawn of the devil. (sighs) I'm sure that's a title that Giselle wouldn't really mind to have. I mean... She's the word on the street. She likes to know the shit. She spills the shit. She is the shit. That's just what I'm saying. And then Wendy, she's like, you know what? I read terrible stuff about you, Ashley, about you, Giselle, and I read terrible stuff about you, Robin. Where the fuck did that come from, Wendy? Why are you coming after Robin? She did jack shit to you. It's really interesting at this point, Wendy is trying to be, I don't know, not the professor that we all met last year. She's just being, she's being overly tough, like, oh man, don't mess with me. I'm threatening you. Tread lightly. That annoyed the fuck out of me. And, um, you know, it's just funny if we go back to last year when she's saying all this shit about Monique, like, you're threatening Candace. Of course, you know, Monique put her hands on, we don't need to rehash that because we know what happened and that's completely wrong. However, so there's kind of a parallel here with the way that you're acting, like the way that Monique acted last year. I mean, you threatened Giselle. That's, that's not nice. That's bad. So that's annoying. So Wendy continues to like blow up and she's saying, tread lightly, Giselle, take these motherfucking cameras. Like she's trying to be a tough guy at this point, like tough girl, all this kind of shit. Like, don't come after me. I'm going to come after you, blah, blah, blah. That's not who you are, Wendy. That's not Dr. Wendy that I met. Who is this girl? Who is this girl? So when Robin's trying to ask a simple question, (laughs) Wendy says to her, you know what? Take an observation, Robin. Okay. Like, You need a moment. And then she's like, what the fuck? Robin's like, who the fuck are you? And then she's like, well, you don't even have a relationship to stand on because you don't even know what that is. Whoa, uh, 
Were you not at the fucking engagement thing? You were screaming in your white dress, all excited. That pissed me off. Ashley then apologizes. At this point, the fucking fireworks have already gone off, so it doesn't matter. Wendy says that Giselle doesn't have a relationship that holds warning, and she's basically coming at her the way that Monique went after Candace. Again, that's my own opinion. Maybe some of you think that I'm batshit wrong. Okay, but that's how I feel. So now with that, Wendy's saying that Giselle is getting what she deserves from all of the bad, terrible shit that she has done in the past. So she's getting all this shit for a reason. But the funny thing is to me, Wendy, you've known her for a year, so you don't fucking know who she is. She don't even fucking know you. I mean, at least with Candace, because she was the most recent before you. And, you know, within the two seasons, she's she's kind of been the same. She hasn't, like, changed 180, essentially, like you have. So for you to say that Giselle is getting everything that she deserves, you don't even know her that well. So I found that to be laughable, the way that you said that to Ashley. So, yeah. And with this whole thing, Wendy's going after Giselle. And you see, Kurt, you know that she is loving that. She is loving every single second of it because she is not the one that says that shit to Giselle. She has someone else doing it. And you know that she fucking loves this. <laughs> and I do, too. Wendy then, like, she's coming fire. Like, she had the receipts like Monique did, but without the book, you know. So she's saying to Giselle, God, you have so much low self-esteem because you're allowing Jamal to sleep with all these other women in Baltimore and X, Y, and Z. I don't know. She said Baltimore. So was she referring to Jamal or Juan? I'm not really sure. I would assume that it was Jamal, um, but I was a little confused by that. Now, and she's like, and then you want to, oh, wait, it totally was, it totally was Jamal because she said daughters at the end. She's like, you're going to allow him to sleep around and all this shit. And then you're going to allow him to be around your daughters. Well, one, uh, that's their father. So that's inevitable. That's going to happen. But, uh, and that's not me sticking up for Jamal because we all know that I don't like him. I'm just, you know, facts are facts. They're the girl's father. It is what it is. And then we hear her threaten Giselle, tread lightly, didn't like that, that was rude, whatever. Ashley's like, you know what, I'm out, I'm over this shit, bye, gotta get back to my babes. And then Candace is like, why did you even bring this up? And she's like, what? And she's like, you know what, get your milk, get the fuck out of here, I don't even want to deal with it, blah, 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 blah. And then this was confusing, the whole Idris Alba. Um, Wendy said something like, you know, Giselle... You want to have tons of sex with Idris Elba, and you're basically coming after my husband. Did she say, it, it makes me think that maybe in the past, Giselle said that Eddie resembled Idris Elba. Did he say that? If so, production, can we get that playback? Because I can't recall. And then during the ride down to Williamsburg, Giselle was like, I would have hot sex forever and ever with Idris Elba. So maybe Wendy took it as, you know what, bitch? You said that you would have tons of sex with Idris Elba, which is basically you would have tons of sex with my husband because you think he looks like him. But like, what the fuck, bitch? I'm coming after you. That's how I took it. I don't know if I'm right. I don't think Eddie looks like Idris Elba. But, uh, you know, whatever. So that's how the episode ended. Super dramatic. I love this past Sunday, the drama with Potomac and Shaw's. Fucking fabulous. Love it. We'll see what happens with uh, Roni tonight. I hope, I hope we can, 
I hope we can enjoy Roni the way that we used to enjoy Roni eventually. Maybe it's not going to be with this season, but I hope we get back to that soon because I think we're all here and it's just like at a standstill at this point for uh, what I would have said is the best franchise ever. But uh, right now it's not really delivering the way that we need it to. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Now, Yin's guys, I appreciate your ears. Thank you so much for listening over and over. Maybe not over and over, but thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, This is always fun for me. I like to chat about the business uh, with our Bravo peeps. And, you know, follow me on Instagram at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. Follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. And I hope you guys have a kick-ass week. I'm happy to be back on Tuesdays. However, I do find it kind of exciting. What if I just mix it up? Like maybe one day I'll do it on a Monday. One day I'll do it on a Thursday. I'm not going to do it on a Friday because I feel like people might not listen because it's a Friday, but who knows? But for now, we're going to stick to Tuesdays. You know what I'm saying? So you guys have a kick-ass week. And, uh... Per usual, I shall see you next Tuesday. I wonder when Vanderpump's coming back. I'm anxious. It'll be interesting. Yeah, about that. See you guys next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.